gentlemen, this is According to Callus. This is going to be episode 178, and we're going to talk about the forum day three. That's what's coming up. So the first two forums have been put on by the RC3 um, in Collin County. They're trying to encompass all the races that actually have challengers or competitive uh, nature. If somebody's running unopposed, I mean, there's no point in having a forum, right? Because you have choice A or choice nothing, as far as on the Republican Party. That doesn't mean there may not be a Democrat or perhaps even a Libertarian in that race. And as a voter, you really need to know all you can about all of the candidates in the race. Now, it's nice to be able to go and vote for somebody. Oh, they look nice. They sound nice. They're a nice guy. They're a nice lady. Oh, they sing in a band. Oh, they have a foundation. You know, oh, um, that guy's spouse is awesome or that lady's spouse is awesome. Or, well, I somebody else in their family did X, Y, or Z. Or, well, someone else in their family is an elected official. So... We cannot transmute positive feelings that we have for a brief encounter or a, another member of the family to the person that's running. But all too often, that's what we do. That is the basis of our decision. As I was saying, all too often, that's all we have to go on. That's the gut feeling, if you will. And I'm hesitant to dismiss that as not being a factor. It should be. A lot of times, particularly with ladies, your intuition is very perceptive, very good uh, in determining what's real and what's not. And just even the vibe certain people give off, they can, you can tell, yeah, this person's really not sincere or this person is slimy, for lack of a better way of putting it. Or no, this, this person, you know, just seems like he's, you know, imperfect, but legit. Right. Or, or this person is awesome. I mean, there's so many different vibes you might get when talking to an individual or meeting an individual. And that's something to start with. But if that's all you're going to base your decision on, I would suggest to you that you're missing the boat. There are plenty of people that when you first meet them, they come across one way. And then after interactions with them, after business dealings with them, you kind of see maybe it's all not that it's cracked up to be. And by business dealings, I just, I mean, interactions beyond the casual personal nature. And it can be disappointing and enlightening at the same time. So as you spend time investigating and you perhaps have more than just a superficial interaction with different people, whether they're business leaders, um, community leaders, or actual elected officials, you tend to kind of get an idea of what, how things work and who these people are. And if you're not careful, you can very easily turn into somebody that's extremely put off and jaundiced about the situation. And I got to tell you, sometimes that's becoming a default answer for people I know and people I trust. It's like, oh man, not, they just don't want to deal with certain people. I mean, if I'm completely honest, there are a few people that I'd rather not deal with, but If you care about what's going on in your community, if you care about the future outlook of our state, country, however you want to phrase it, whatever you want to do to wrap your mind about it, this is where 
this comes into play. So you have these forums. Now, the way they've structured the forums is there are a list of questions, which if you're paying attention to the previous forums, you've got a general idea what those questions are going to be like. And they, they're looking for a feeling on what do you think, what do you stand for out of the candidates so that when you're watching, you can make those same determinations even by their not answering or by them uh, tone of voice or dismissive nature or, you know, proud of themselves or however you want to phrase it. And the nature of it being live is excellent because you can observe with your own two eyes and you can feel the room. When we're having to resort to Zoom, it makes it a little more challenging, but it's always going to be recorded so everybody can go back and look at it. So a couple of takeaways. People pull their punches when they know they're being recorded. And that's kind of a drawback when you're on a video platform. And people do tend to put on a better show if they know other people are watching. Again, not always a bad thing, but it gives you a better feeling uh, and they're on the record. So the flip side of that is it's really easy to corner one person and fill their mind up with a bunch of garbage and convince them of something when if they if that person takes a step back they can see well yeah that's not exactly true that's not really what's going on here so you, you got to play the two off of each other so tonight we're going to have the Zoom forum. I imagine we'll have Van Taylor and his four challengers. I imagine we'll have Pat Fallon and his three challengers. And then there's Senate District 8. And there's a whole lot of drama around the guy that's challenging Senator Paxton. Now, I... I have a track record of being tough on squishes and rhinos, and I think they deserve it. But the problem is, is we don't necessarily want to expel them. We don't want them to feel like they're not one of us, but we do. And that's kind of long-term detrimental. I mean, we're putting them out in the cold. We're not doing ourselves any favors if we want to educate them, right? That's, that's the term that everybody likes to use when... Somebody disagrees with us, well, we're going to educate you until you agree with us. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too, so it's not it's not a pejorative statement here. It's basically, well, we can assume that because you don't agree with us, you must be ignorant of what the situation is because otherwise you would think like us. Everybody does it. And I, and I mean, the idea that somebody that's, you know, far right or even a libertarian, they come from that same mindset. Well, they're not going to agree with me because they don't know all that's going on. But just consider for a moment, maybe progressives think exactly the same way. Now, they don't usually try and convince you by a discussion. They just want to force you. And then you got our moderates, our rhinos, our, you know, milk toast guys in the middle there. They want to be convinced. They want to have a compelling argument. And if we can't do any better than the progressives where we basically browbeat them and force them to do something that they're really not on board with, how how are we doing our job? So in steps 
you know, a guy that came out of the young Republicans. And, you know, one of the ironies that I find of this is a lot of the young Republicans tend to skew, uh, for lack of a better term, more libertarian, okay? Socially liberal, however you want to phrase it. For me personally, that's not an issue because I have a lot of sympathies in that direction. I, I think that we unnecessarily give the impression that we hate people because we don't agree with something they're doing or we come across vindictive. Now, if somebody wants to join the club, there's certain rules. And as far as the Republican Party is concerned, it's basically, did you vote Republican and do you agree with the platform? Now, when you have 300 planks in a platform, it's pretty tough to find somebody that agrees on all 300 plus planks of the platform. The general rule is 70%, right? Do you agree with 70% of the platform? And you know what? Pretty much everybody that puts an R after their name will agree with that. Then there's an additional step. Well, there's probably about 10 or 12 of these that are deal breakers, right? So if you can't uphold these deal breakers, well, then that's a problem too. It gets real dicey. It gets it gets uh, to become a purity racket, right? We want to make sure that everybody is pure. Well, again, we have plenty of elected officials that easily exceed the 70% you know, agreeable rate. Uh, some of them I've called out before in the past. And, and I will freely admit they're well above the 70% mark, but then there's the deal breakers. And that's kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing. Cause if you have 10 or 12 deal breakers and the guy agrees with you or the lady agrees with you on, you know, 85 or 90% of them, but you know, their, their opponent is going to fail on three or four of the deal breakers or might only be at 72%. What's the better choice? My kind of default answer over the years has been better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And when we have people that serve for 10, 12 years and they just don't have the fire in the belly or they just don't you know, fight the good fight. Well, yeah, sometimes those folks are ready for pasture, but that's not always the case. So in this case, in this, again, back to SDA in particular, um, we get a first term incumbent run for reelection against a guy that, uh, from my, from my understanding was upset because he didn't get the assistance. He thought he was due from the state Senator. Well, that may be the case. And normally you don't run against a popular incumbent. You pick out an incumbent that's not popular. I mean, we've seen that play out this time around. Some of them have, I guess in my mind, deserved the challenge. Um, Others less so. But again, my default answer is if, if there's a candidate that's, you know, you're not happy with, then you need to run against him. And that's what this guy did. He's not happy. And he ran. And while there's no doubt in my mind that the current Senator Paxton is quote-unquote more conservative or probably more closely aligned with my point of view on things than the other guy is, do we do ourselves any favors by hating on him? Do we do ourselves any favors by immediately dismissing 
that this person can't possibly be a Republican. Now, keep in mind, the bar to be qualified as a Republican is very low. And when we have different segments within the party that choose to defer, uh, define the term conservative in different ways, therein leads to be problems there. Well, I'm a Texas conservative. I'm a constitutional conservative. I'm a Christian conservative. I'm this conservative. I'm that conservative. Well, yeah, now it's a talking point. It's meaningless. I've, that's one of the reasons why I've decided, well, no, I, I'm a constitutionalist. I'm a constitutional guy, right? If it's not in the Constitution, yeah, government don't need to be doing it in the first place. And if it wasn't delegated to the federal government, they should have no say in it. Contrary to what some other people may think, the federal government does not get to determine everything that goes on. We are a federal republic, which means the states are the sovereigns versus the federal government. They chose to delegate certain authorities to the federal government, and the federal government is supposed to be trusted to do those instead of the state. The problem is, is our federal government doesn't do that work, and then our state government refuses to step up to the plate. But that's where your state senators and your state representatives come in and they can exert pressure on the governor and the lieutenant governor and the speaker of the house to get those things done. But we have to trust them to do the job. And then if we're going to constantly berate them and beat them up and make them feel like they're trash to the quote unquote strong Republicans, how are we helping ourselves? Now, I'm not saying we give these guys a free pass. I'm not saying that we pat them on the back and say, well, you know, you you got 50%. That's good enough. No, no, not at all. We need to hold them accountable. We need to remind them who they work for, us. We need to keep them on the same team, but we also need to congratulate them when they do good things. We have to reinforce the idea that when they do things that we like, and when they're being successful in accomplishing things, that we know this and we applaud them for it. And then the things that they drop the ball on and that they fail on or that they don't fight for enough, we remind them that we're disappointed. This was not acceptable. We need to do better next time. I can honestly say that, you know, we look at each one of these candidates being challenged that are going to be at the forum tonight and all three have let us down, right? So in the instance of a CD3, we're going to have four choices. You have four different people that you think can do a better job. In a CD4, I believe it's two, it might be three choices. People that you think can do a better job than Pat Fallon. Now, Pat kind of shot himself in the foot with some other stuff not related to politics per se, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. Unfortunately, I don't have to make that decision or be involved in it because I don't live in CD4. That congressional district is somebody else's responsibility. But boy, I would sure want to know what are the details. What's at play here? Just how damaging or how irresponsible was this action? Does it really require kicking them to the curb? I don't know. It's not something that's relevant to me. Uh, perhaps you ought to reach out to somebody out in uh, Denton County uh, that's in CD4 or has been in Pat Fallon's district for longer than most of us and get an answer from them. There's plenty of good people out there that can help you. Um, but SD8, uh, smack dab in the middle of SD8, now it's going to expand over into 
couple other counties and you know Collin County's going to really sway that vote one way or the other but the reality is even though I had a previous first choice for that role the person that's filling that role has done a good job communicates well with her constituents puts forth effort shows up does things and speaks on our behalf so you got to ask yourself why the challenger particularly when the challenger isn't claiming to be more conservative when the challenger isn't claiming to be more uh faithful to the constitution when the current challenger is throwing money around at various candidates and um, other elected officials, many of whom would make some of us squirm. Now, I understand the argument, having been from a formerly all-blue state, that if you live in an area where you have your choice between bad D and good D, or bad D and less bad D, and those are your only choices. Yeah, sometimes you got to make that call. You got to go with somebody that you can at least hold your nose and vote for. Does it sound familiar? Doesn't that sound like most of the presidential elections we've had from, oh, I don't know, about 1996 to 2012? Yeah, these guys are stinkers, but they're so much better than that other guy. I mean, that's really not a good motivation to go vote for somebody. But we don't have that case. We really don't. Not 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 in SDA. I mean, you can make arguments for CD3 and 4 all you want. I, I'm not going to go there. I mean, I've been quite clear that I've been disappointed by Representative Taylor, but I don't know that. Well, let's just say I, I don't know what I'm going to do in that race just yet. I, I think all four of his opponents bring something that he doesn't. But we'll see him... Uh, how it plays out. I think just the idea of being challenged when you should be, you know, a rock star, maybe will shake a little, uh, the cobwebs out of his uh, style. Maybe make him step up to the plate a little more and spend a little less time on the quote unquote problem solver caucus and more time on the, this is what Texas needs. This is what Texas wants. I mean, that's maybe wishful thinking on my part, but the reality is, that's where we're at. In SD8, it's going to be different, though. In SD8, it's a local race, essentially. I mean, there's 30 state senators, and the person that's running has lots of money, apparently. But does he bring a wealth of experience? Does he bring a strong background on what's going on in Texas? Does he have a hmm, firm grasp of what makes Texas tick? Does he even want to be a part of the fabric of Texas? I don't know. But before we dismiss him, before we call him names, before we assume the worst of him, I think we at least owe it to him to listen to what he has to say. We need to at least give him the courtesy and the respect to listen to him as a candidate. Now, he may turn out to not be somebody we want to support. I'm fully prepared for that. Um, I'm not sure I want to open up Pandora's box on this, but from what I last recall in a brief uh, interaction I had with him, he is a practicing Muslim. For me, I could not support a practicing Muslim to represent me. Maybe feel differently, and that's okay. For me, that's kind of a, a deal breaker. 
But I'm still not going to be rude to the guy. I'm not going to be hateful of the guy. I mean, he might be great in every other way on the surface, and I respect that. Now, I'll work with the guy on other things, but, I mean, we got to keep in mind, our team is our team. The weakest link is still part of the team. Are you stronger with the weakest link or stronger without them? Well, that remains to be seen sometimes. Sometimes there is a thing called addition by subtraction, but that hasn't proven to be the case yet. We got to show a little grace, have a little unity. And then if it turns out that the worst case scenario is true and all the people that are being dismissive, I would say in some uh, respects rude, uh, if they're right, then yeah, we'll deal with it. If it's the wolf in sheep's clothing, then we'll deal with it. If it's exposed to be an action of the enemy, then we'll deal with it. But until that's proven, probably ought to pause. Probably ought to make sure that we're not acting rash. Not making an an emotional action out of a thought process. And I, I sincerely hope, for the sake of, honestly, the, the country, that that's not the case. But we're infiltrated all the way. Everywhere. I mean, just look at the state of Idaho. The state of Idaho, on paper, is redder than red. It's redder than Texas. Yet, they have tons of progressives that run as Republicans. In many ways, they're even more progressive than we are at their state level. The enemy has learned to co-opt the Republican Party and has done a good job of doing it. The enemy has infiltrated the Republican Party at all levels all over the country, and they've just done a better job in Idaho than they've done here thus far. But it should not be a surprise because that's been pre-planned for probably millennia you send in your people to undermine your opponent and if they're do a good enough job they might get that position of power they might find a way to undermine them from within and we see that all the time but you can't act rash you have to make sure you're right and then you harvest them like the mushrooms they ought to be but we're not there yet and until we are Don't do anything rash. I want to believe that there is not yet any kind of existential threat to the country. I want to believe that Texans are smarter than that. They live uh, by a credo similar to mine that I picked up from somebody else. It's not an original thought. Fool Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'd like to believe we learn from our mistakes. I'd like to believe that we do better. I'm a little shaky on this, but I'm going to have faith that we'll work our way out through this 2022 election. And then again in 2024, there'll be a reckoning and hopefully some of the obvious problems will be fixed. If it gets to the point that it's no longer repairable, That doesn't leave us in a good position. It doesn't leave us with any other option. You know, I've teased and talked about, you know, Texas. And I firmly believe that all of our elected officials 
should reject their opposition to putting it to the people. They should not stand in the way of the people getting a say on it. I don't know what they're fearful of. I really don't. But again, we've been infiltrated. We're being manipulated. And we just got to continue to do what we know is best. What we know in our heart is the right thing to do. And trust that there's enough of us that we can still make a difference. So, watch the form tonight. Take the time to listen to what they're saying. Take the time and show the respect to give them an opportunity to communicate their thoughts, their ideas. And listen when they're pointing out the failures of the people that they're looking to unseat. Give it a fair hearing. And when it's done, with a clear conscience, make a decision. That's all we can ask for. That's all I would desire out of you. And I'll leave you on one additional final thought. It's been a reoccurring statement in my life to many people I know, including my own daughters. It is more important to me that you understand why you believe what you believe or understand why you think the way you think than you agree with me. I'm perfectly willing to have a agree to disagree situation with pretty much anybody. Even if I know I'm 100% right, if they're not in agreement with me, as long as we can be cordial about it, as long as we can work on all these other things together, I'm okay with that. I'm encouraging you to consider that as well. And with that, this is According to Callus. I hope it's been uh, somewhat... Uh, relatable uh, period of time in the preparation for our day three of the forums on episode 178. And I will see you on the other side.